Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. Sexy boys. <laughs> Time for the five count. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the show. Were you looking at Floyd Shout's direction when you were saying that? You know it. Oh, yeah. Wow. A lot of sexy boys listen to this fine program. You know, there really is. There's quite a few of them, and I'm okay with it. It's sort of become a prerequisite. Do you think that's why the females start to... Like, go away, they're getting intimidated, like it's too many sexy boys. And they're like, whoa, I don't think I can handle this much sexy boy. I don't know that it's that feeling of not being able to handle it, but yeah. maybe they feel like they need to listen to it in private. Oh, okay. It's kind of like one of those yeah. shows. Yeah, okay. Where you, you don't just listen to it on the bus or mm-hmm. at the gym. Like, you need to be someplace yeah. to just sit and with your feelings. Mm, yeah. Sexy boys. Because I feel like they might get caught listening to it, right? It's might like... caught. Yeah, you know, like when when your mom went to bed and you were up at 2 a.m. watching Scrambled Cinemax. Yes! Yes! So much fuzzy Cinemax. Skinemax, we called it, yeah. The five count is kind of like... Real Sex 38 of, of <laughs> public radio. <laughs> Dude, and it, <laughs> it was so disappointing once you finally got to watch Real Sex unscrambled and you realized it was just they went to like a nudist colony and it was a bunch of old people and you were so disappointed. Uh, well, again, I, I would liken that to this program. Wow. When you finally, you hear so much about it and then you finally sit down and listen to it. Uh-huh. Just a lot of disappointment. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe it. We're doing our best, Tom. We're doing our best. I mean, we've been going on almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. We're bound to get the hang of this at some point. You would think so at some point. Maybe not. You would think so, and it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I keep hoping. It's fine. It's fine, Tom. We've got a big show tonight. Do we really? It's pretty big. How big? Uh, we've got a special guest. 
Pretty big. What huh? kind of is He Man going to be on the program? Or? Uh, yes, T-Lo? and I'm looking right at him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish. I wish I had the power. He ton. Man. No, he ton. He ton. Not man. <laughs> oh, okay, who's going to be on the program? Tonight, we have an exclusive interview with R&B singer Frida Payne. Wow. Frida Remember her Payne? from the... She had that song, Band of Gold, back in the 70s. That was big. Kind of. Bring the boys home. You remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frida Payne. Yes. She's on the show tonight. She's got a new song called... That's awesome. Do You Still Dream About Me? Wow. So we'll be taking it back. Oh, yeah. You do? I do. That's why she's on the program. Nice. Frida Payne. Wow. What a name, too. Should be good. Uh, that's going to be awesome, I think. Yes. That's about all we got, though, Ton. So if you uh, had anything else you wanted to share with anyone, the floor <laughs> is yours. <laughs> oh, man. So much stuff going through my head, you know? It's like, where does a guy even start? Like, what do you even do? You could answer some five-count mailbag questions. Really? Yeah, I mean, if you want. Do people still send stuff to the five-count mailbag? Sometimes. Sometimes I go on our social media accounts and I'll say, hey, send us some messages. I didn't do that this week because I thought we were going to have somebody in the studio with us, but yeah. then that fell through. Okay. So now you're left holding the bag. Wow. The mailbag, that is. Yeah, the mailbag. If you'd like to send us any questions or maybe give us a little voicemail, something nice, something cheeky, 5075192030. That is the magical hotline of the five count. 5075192030. Something cheeky. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean exactly? I don't I mean, I mean it like in the European sense, you like know. Like butt cheeks? Or it's something funny, something, you know, huh. cheeky. I got a question here sent to the five count hotline. Is there a chance I can get a discount on a Cholito at Zans if I use a five count discount? Signed Clementine. God, I wish that were true. I wish that were a thing, Clementine. Oh, I wish that were a thing also just for you. Clementine. Wow. What a name. Isn't that just such a nice name, Clementine? It'd be even nicer if they had discounted Chilitos from Zans. Yeah. I really like that. Clementine, I hope you just keep writing into us just so we can say your name once in a while, because it's kind of a pleasure. It's kind of a, a pleasurable name. It really is, Clementine. Pleasurable name. Yeah, it's like, it's. I mean, it just, mm, it evokes just pleasurable senses i don't know like i can you know what i mean it's just a lot of things come to mind and clementine it's so it's just sounds so fresh and summery and you know it definitely probably smells good definitely tastes good clementine mm. Mm. ton i'm on uh, zans mexican restaurant.com yeah it says here they're hiring wow i could get a side gig I could do a little part-time gig at Zans, get the employee discount, say it's a five-count one, get fired. Why would you get fired? Because I'd be giving the five-count employee discount out to everybody. 
You could just give it to me. Just get just work out a deal, right? You could just say like, "Oh, whoops, made one too many again." <laughs> Dang it! Dang! I'll just throw this away. Good thing, aka, I- put it in my backpack. <laughs> Well, I just have you, like, stand outside some back window. I'm like, no, no, I'm going to throw it right in the dumpster out back here. Toss. Actually, I would just toss it in the dumpster, and then you could dumpster dive it out of there like your childhood at home. I'll just be in the dumpster, and you can hand it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Ton, do you remember going to Zans as a youth? A little bit. It says here it started in the early 70s, Mm -hmm. but then here it says since 1987. Yeah, I've heard that. Is that when they changed the name from Zantigos to Zans? Maybe, maybe. Oh, okay. Because I've heard that's that same thing too. That it's been around since the seventies. But yeah, yeah. Should I befriend the owners of the restaurant? Yes, yes, you should. I'm also going to apply for a job. This public radio gig is not paying the bills. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Um, you know, I support you. I support you and all your cheese Toledo dreams. Thank you. You're welcome. Son, we can play some music if you want. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, we're here. It's a great idea. There's a new Shonen Knife album. Really? Did you know that? No. Came out last week. Wow. It's like their 29th album or That's something like that. Crazy. Are we going to go see them if they go on tour? I mean, probably. They're awesome. We've seen them how many times now? Like seven. Man. Or two. <laughs> That's a big difference. Somewhere between there. Three? I'm not sure. Speaking of three, Ton Creed 3 is out. Are we going to see that? Man, oh man. Are you allowed to go? You just want... you. There's so many things. I just want to be your friend. I want to be your friend too, but I'm like always on lockdown and don't get to do anything. You can't even go see Rocky Part 8? Nine? Part 9? How many damn Rocky movies are there? I would like to see it. I don't this know. This is Rocky 9. That's crazy. But what if Rocky's not even in it anymore? What if it's 0% Rocky? How will you feel? What if we go there hoping to at least see Stallone play Rocky one last time and it's 0%? They just show his headstone like they did Uncle Paulie? Yeah. I mean, I won't feel good about it. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't do it. You can't always just stay in your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. My thing is, um, you can't just do that. You can't kill him somehow completely 100% off screen. Like, it's Rocky, dude. Rocky, maybe it's just me, but it's he. I feel like that character means so much to so many people that he needs some kind of different, he needs an on-screen send-off in some kind of way. If he's dying, it needs to be done in a way that everyone gets to shed their tears over it. Big time. Maybe that'll happen in Creed 4. What? Like he'll come back? Or you think he's not going to die in this one? Maybe he's just uh, busy. Like he's alive, but he's just not on camera. Mm. He's at home. Okay. Doing the crosswords or something. (laughs) All right. Speaking of which, I watched your show finally. 
Tulsa King. Oh, let's talk about that after the musical break. Okay. Uh, here's the new Shona Knife and some old stuff from other people. And you are now listening to the five count. Check them out.
Yo, G. Yo, what up, G, man? Yo, man, you heard about that new club called Adona Hill, B? Yeah, man, I heard it's kind of fly, Yo, man, man Rock Kim and Daylight be out there all the time. Word up. All the time. Yo, Daylight, yo, those punk kids, man. Hey, punk. Yo, man, those kids are whack, man. Stay the booty. Whack. Yo, Come. man, but yo, that buddy, yo, that was kind of fly, man. Yeah, the power slam. Word up, it was. But yo, forget about that, man. Yo, after they came out with Pluck 1, Pluck 2, and Potholes, yo, man, they fell over the brothers, man. Yes, they did, man. Yo, yo, they were straight up pop, man. I'm telling you, forget the fact. Yo, check it out, B-W-R-M-S is doing a party at the club, though, man. Oh, bet you did Yo, bet you did. I ain't so let them brothers show up, man. Let them brothers be there. Oh, yeah. One of them niggas run up on my name, my name, my name is the Pasta. Now I like, I like, I like to plug the real thing. So loose, so loose, so loose with the tap dance. The funk, the funk, funky, funky stuff I bring. My tribe, my tribe, my tribe is known as Native Tongue. Consist, consist, consist of Jungle Quest and others. We'll play, we'll play, we'll play, we'll ride on radio. And all, and all, and also by some foul brother. The peace, the peace, the peace, porridge never failed. It kept, it kept, it kept its calm and style and merry. But late, but lately, Looney's acting real bold. Can sit in luxury, my apple cranberry. Girls watch and watch and watch me dance to King Tut. A home, a home, a home, it's just to plan tricks. Don't rip, don't rip, don't realize the native tongue is rolling strong. And we're starting in the mega mix. Yo, Miss Sting. Yo, Marisol, what's up? You heard about what happened at the Donut Hill the Yo, yo, night? I was there and the Zaylock kids was fighting. Yo, they was wildin'. Mm-hmm. Word, the whole thing happened in front of my face. Yo, they was on the dance floor, right? Mm-hmm. Some kids walked up to them and said something about hippies being punk. Mm-hmm. Yo, and the chubby one, plug yeah. three. Steps to the beat, beat. I click, I click the TV to the Simpsons and sip the porridge deep into my system. So, me- so mellow mode is my day mode inside the studio or on the road. The swing, the swing alone is the now step. It's murder if you bet, cause your lies jet. To praise, to praise the soul is on a down drag. It's false because we'll spray you with the black flag. These porridge in the Being foul. Hey D, hey D, hey D, they set the record up. It's time, it's time and time to tame the naughty pups. Throw on the touchy finger serenade so we can throw our lemonade in the face and kick a little butt. And they're off. And makes it the first to throw a punch and he connects lovely to the ribcage. Wouldn't you say so, score? Indeed, indeed. I would say he showed a lot of formula combination, but look at the hook that he's trying to escape. Yeah, it seems that that particular people is showing great form in trying to escape, but he uh, just got his ass. Wanna get ragged with the rerun 
Me not, me not, me not scared to charge a bit. They can't, they can't, they can't get close to none. I tap, I tap, I tap, I dance, war skit. The poor, the poor, the porridge got crazy cold. We won't, we won't eat until the heads are flown. Take advantage to a cool one's peaceful ways. But when, but when we fly that head, all the people say, Here in Frogland, we always eat our porridge because it keeps us frog real peaceful like. In my land, my people eat dung porridge. And I don't know what's said, but they are so violent, and we are so peaceful. We sit by the campfire and listen to our rituals, and they are so violent. I don't understand. I don't understand. If it's 
Kwan, you may know me as Suki from Avatar The Last Airbender or Samantha Wu from California Dreams. You're listening to The Five Count. Angelina, Angelina, please bring down your concertina and play a welcome for me, cause I'll be coming home from sea. I say Angelina, Angelina, please bring down your concertina and play a welcome for me, cause I'll be coming home from sea. Yes, it's so long since I've been home, seems like there's no place to roam, well I've sailed around the horn. 
I've been from San Jose up to Baffin Bay And I've rode out many a storm Yes, sir, Angelina, Angelina Please bring down your concertina And play a welcome for me Cause I'll be coming home from sea Angelina, Angelina Please bring down your concertina And play a welcome for me Cause I'll be coming home from sea Well, I've heard the body tunes I've been in honky-tonk saloons I took my liquor by the vat I will have stayed and called for a rousing ball Home was where I hung my hat Angelina, Angelina Please bring down your concertina And play a welcome for me Cause I'll be coming home from sea Yes, sir! Angelina, Angelina Please bring down your concertina And play a welcome for me Cause I'll be coming home from sea Now I've courted many a girl I've been in ports around the world But my rambling days are done I've been from Curaçao up to Tokyo And I found there's only one And she's Angelina, Angelina Please bring down your concertina And play a welcome for me Cause I'll be coming home from sea Yes, Saladi Angelina, Angelina Please bring down your concertina And play a welcome for me Cause I'll be coming home from sea Yes, So long since I've been home Seems like there's no place to roam Well, I've sailed around the horn I've been from San Jose up to Baffin Bay And I've rode out many a storm Yes, uh, Angelina, Angelina Please bring down your concertina And play a welcome for me Cause I'll be coming home from sea All together now Angelina, Angelina Please bring down your concertina And play a welcome for me Once again, Angelina, Angelina, please bring down your concertina and play a welcome for me, cause I'll be coming home from sea. A little softer, Angelina, Angelina, please bring down your concertina and play a welcome for me, cause I'll be coming home from sea. A little softer, Angelina, Angelina. Please bring down your concertina and play a welcome for me Cause I'll be coming home from sea Up to Lubala Angelina, Angelina Please bring down your concertina and play a welcome for me Cause I'll be coming home from sea Hey, we're back, son. Oh, yeah. It's the five count. Here we are. Like you didn't know. Man. Wait, did you know? I knew it. I've been here the whole time. Love it. Thank you so much. That was Harry Belafonte. What a guy. Never met him. I know you guys were pretty tight skis. Yeah. Drank a lot of martinis back in the day. Ton and Harry. Old army buddies. Yeah. It's all right. You develop bonds that way. You know what I mean? When you're going through it. It's fine. It's good. I only know that from my... It's a good guy. My numerous tours 
in the trenches of public radio. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do have numerous. I've been through it. You have. Are you still going through it, though, would you say? Or have you finally gotten to the other side? Or I mean, I'm out late. Braving the elements, sitting on a metal folding chair, talking out loud to nobody. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say it's hell. <laughs> still, Like st- war. You're still going through it. Wow. It's fine. Ton, I got a mailbag five-count hotline type question Okay, from John in New Ulm. All right. He said he missed the show last week. That's okay. Or the week before. He missed a couple of shows. But he says his sister watched Sly Stallone's Tulsa King. Do you or Ton watch it? Do you? He also says he's in Andover and splits his time between his house and his uh, dad's current residence. Good luck to you there, John. Yeah. Yeah. That's news you can use from John and New Ulm. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, thanks for writing in again, John, and don't worry about missing some shows. That's totally okay. It's pretty much just been a slight variation of the same show, about 900 sometimes. (laughs) I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, it's okay. We still appreciate you. And yes, John, we've both watched Tulsa King. Let your sister know that um, Dustin and I have watched this show in its entirety. And... uh, yeah, I mean, what do you want to discuss? I like it. I like it. You were avoiding it. I was for some reason. Because you said he it was similar to some other movie that you watched that disappointed you. Um, Leonard Part 6. No, no, no. That movie never disappoints. Oh. Specifically Ow. the part Watch where the it. frogs are sick down the car and the frogs jump the car off into the water. That's gold. Anyway. Sounds made up. <laughs> it's uh it's a fantastic movie. Um no, so I was worried that it would be a little bit like Get Carter, and I don't completely hate Get Carter, but I remember really wanting Get Carter to be way awesome and it just wasn't what I it didn't live up to my expectations. So I was sort of like f- afraid this was gonna happen with Tulsa King. But I actually really liked it. Um, I really liked it. And Sly did this beautiful job of what he always... He can somehow do. I shouldn't say he always does. But he's able to play like this bad character that you, you really shouldn't like or shouldn't care for, really. Like in Copland? Yeah. <laughs> You shouldn't really care for this character, but you do because it's sly and he adds this other depth and you see that he actually has feelings and, and, you know, he actually, uh, wishes things could be be different, but he's in, in this thing. And it's like, it's just really interesting. It was pretty good. What do you, what is your thoughts? I thought it was great. That's it. Yep. Not as deep as you are. Doesn't he do a great job of uh, of just being a mobster type guy in this in this show? It's great. I he, think he, I've never been in the mob, yeah. but I assume that's similar to how it really is. 
I would say he even did a great job with casting because obviously like if you put Stallone in a film um with with like Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci or whatever like if you put him in 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 a film in a mobster film with the people that we're used to seeing as these mobsters I don't I don't know that he would stand up he, it, it wouldn't be the same level of believability for some reason. I don't. I don't think he wouldn't be able to be a main character. I don't think. I don't know. His mobster like stylings is different, but he somehow did this casting beautifully in this show because he perfectly plays. He's a hundred percent believable next to the other guys. If you know what I'm saying. You mean Bill from Freaks and Geeks? Yeah. I could see that, hundred percent. But I mean, even even against the other guys that are playing mobster type characters, Sly is is very believable and feels like an elder statesman. Kind of like he's he feels like he should be their superiors and diff, you know things like that. Um, he does that really well in this show amongst those other actors. So you give it two thumbs up. Yeah, I think I think they did. They made some great calls. They did. Uh, they did a good job with the casting. They did a fun job with the with the music and everything. They did a good job with uh, whatever the scripts that are happening. The language, it's funny. It's good. It's a little bit of funny parts. It's all good, man. It's good. Makes me feel like we need to step up our game. Really. You think we need to just turn into like a review program? Might be a good idea to have some sort of uh, theme or plan or topic. Yeah. Maybe anything. Just anything at all. I mean, I know we usually don't do that. But mm-hmm. How many more years do you think we can get away with just coming up here and turning the mics on? Uh, you know, just as many as we want, really, I think. 27, 30 more, 15, 64 more. I, don't, I mean, how long are we going to live, really? Uh, I doubt I'll still be alive in 64 years. Yeah, me neither. 15 would be nice. Yeah, 15. But I can't years. guarantee it. Okay. I mean, how old do you have to get before you th- think you should pack it in on this program? Like, legitimately. 28. You think they're going to... 28 more years or you got to reach the age the of age of 28 <laughs> was kind of probably long in tooth for yeah, us yeah but you're obviously not making any motions towards quitting so you think we're gonna get you think the station will close down before we quit is that what you're saying uh that is possible and do you think when it closes down closes down we'll still get zero respect like we won't get mentioned as uh, as like having this long like you know twenty plus years of trying to bring extra content to a station that no one else did. I'll make sure it gets mentioned in your obit. Okay. I right. won't foot the bill for the obit. Somebody else will have to do that. Yeah. Okay. I'll raise a fuss. Well, I mean, I have life insurance and stuff. It's got to pay for some of that stuff, right? The problem is, Ton, if we were to quit, what would happen? Because I saw it happen to the curfew. 
way, way back in the day. Yeah. Where Dylan quit and some other guys took it over and they sucked. And then like six months later, it just got absorbed by another show. That's now like six hours long. (laughs) So if you quit. Yeah. What's going to happen? Another hour of the true punks? No. No. An hour of Dave Ramsey? Maybe. Yeah. Or or probably a rerun of something that takes place during the week will get shoved in there. Yeah, probably. Because nobody's going to want to take over like, hey, Saturday nights, 9 p.m. Primo time slot. Yeah. Luckily, you're an IT guy, so you could figure out how to get the show to people at a reasonable hour. (laughs) So they don't have to listen to it then. But back in the day, when you were on at like midnight on a Saturday, it's tough. Yeah, it really is. It's interesting. I don't even know what we were talking about. Tulsa King. Oh, yeah. Frida Payne is on the program tonight. Nice. She's got a new song out. It's called, Do You Still Dream About Me? And And the answer is yes. I know you do. (laughs) Let's hear from Frida Payne, shall we? Yes. We're joined today by Frida Payne. You might remember her from her classic in the 1970s, Band of Gold. And uh, right now she's got a new single out. It's called, Do You Still Dream About Me? Hey, Frida, how you doing today? Well, I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. Well, first of all, you have a new single out. Do you still dream about me? Can you tell the listeners a bit about the new song? Well, it's actually, it's um, a new song that I just had, you know, put out a couple of months ago, but it's not exactly new. It was actually written, um, originally written for me by a guy by the name of Sammy McKinney, who is no longer with us. He, he's, uh, you know, he's uh, gone on, made his transition a few, several years ago. He was a songwriter and he, he did write a couple of hits for Anita Baker. He wrote uh, songs, did some stuff with the Pointer Sisters, Patti LaBelle. But anyway, uh, I recorded the song in actually back in um like 2003 by and it was produced by Preston Glass but nothing ever happened with it it wasn't on an out al- was on an album and uh we weren't able to to uh, do anything with that particular album the way we wanted to do it uh also the song had been originally meant for me to re- you know to record in the first place but back in the 80s when it was written now that's how far back this song goes back in the 80s um, I was supposed to get a deal with Columbia, their jazz label with Columbia. And what happened was they went with Nancy Wilson instead. So you can see, you know, Nancy, of course, had the power and had more influence and, of course, was much more popular and famous than I was at the time. And uh, so she recorded it and, and it came out on, on uh, Columbia's label. So I always had a strong feeling. I always had a connection to this song. I don't know what, I don't know if it was a spiritual or it, it the lyrics themselves uh, will, you know, say it all. 
you know, sometimes the lyrics in a song will say it all, why you love it so much. And I decided I wanted to, to uh, do it again. And I, I've been working with Michael Sutton, at producer and arranger. And he said, oh, he says, uh, yeah, let's do it. You know, so he did a track. His own, he did his own version, which was a little slightly different, a little slower, a little bit more sensuous. And um, and we just went in and, and recorded it again. That's that's my story. It's a long one now. It's not a short one. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, the, the yeah. song is great. And you mentioned working with uh, Michael Sutton. Uh, I recognized his name right away from Motown. You, you definitely uh, you get that Detroit sound uh, having uh, worked with him. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's uh, yeah, he's a former Motown uh, guy. You know, he came out of that camp, and uh, so you know, I knew I d- I couldn't go wrong with him. You have been singing since you were a kid, and and I read you actually sang with uh, Duke Ellington early on, and I, I know you worked with Quincy Jones. I mean, that's uh, amazing yeah. to to have those kind of guys uh, right out of the gate. Well, what ha- I was seventeen when I first sang with Duke. And uh, it was more like a a guest artist. I never was like hired, although he wanted me, he wanted me to be his band singer. And he sent me a contract to sign that was for 10 years and I'm 17. (laughs) So it never worked out because after my, my mother's lawyer read it and my mother read it and she, and he didn't want to change anything, you, you know, like, uh, as far as the length of the contract and and the amount of money I'd be making and all that kind of stuff, he didn't want to, he didn't want to alter anything, so that never came to pass. However, I did work with Quincy Jones and his big band, and I worked with him on two different occasions. Uh, for it was back in the '60s, and it was at the Apollo Theater, and it was his big band, and the he had. Billy Eckstein headlining because Billy Eckstein was the super, he was the male superstar of that time, of that era. And uh, we had Red Fox for a, he was the comedian. And I'm sure people still remember Red Fox. Of course. And uh, he had Cole, Honey Coles and Charlie Atkins as a dance team. They, they, t- they were tap dancers. So like, you know, uh, uh, Harold and, and Fayard Nicholas, the Nicholas brothers. And so that's what happened. You know, it was like one of those kind of things. And then I worked and I was I was a jazz singer. But at the same time, I kind of like, you know, I was like fluctuating. Well, with Duke, that's all jazz. You know, you're doing Duke Ellington, right? Um, with Quincy, we did a little bit like we did a song called One Mint Julep, which was kind of like a but it was R&B, but it was put to, it was put to an 18 piece jazz orchestration. And, um, you know, I did, you know, like Secret Love, Teach Me Tonight. And then once he wanted me to do, he says, I want you to do um, this latest uh, Supremes hit, you know. And uh, I, at first I didn't want to do it because I said, this is pop R&B, you know. He said, oh, no, you, the audience will love it. <laughs> <laughs> it was Where Did Our Love Go? And I was like skeptical, but then when I saw the reaction to the with the audience, I said, "Oh, I know, I get it, yeah." So is that kind of what made you maybe move more out of the jazz style into the R and B? Was it in a way, yeah, in a way, because when I, when I got to be when it got to be like in the late 
60s, around 68, 69, that's when I decided I wanted to go more R&B because I saw that uh, the best way to become recognized and to accelerate in your career is to have a hit record. And I was right. To have a hit record changes everything. Uh, you know that what what you can command, what you can command. You know, as far as engagements are concerned, your uh, popularity, and that's what I did. Because I'm really a jazz singer. I started out singing jazz. My first album was on Impulse, which is a jazz label, and that was back in the '60s. And that was I. My first album was jazz, not pop, not R&B, but jazz. And I know when you made the switch, um, and you really made your mark when Band of Gold was released, um, not just the song itself, but that whole album, uh, really a classic. I just listened to it again, and um, it's amazing uh, that you were able to make the switch, and you made it uh, so seamlessly, and still a lot of people, even today, influenced uh, by that album. Oh, yeah. When I think back on that one, because that was the one that, you know, I was kind of like, wow, this is jumping into really going all the way in and into pop R&B. I'm not just like middle of the road. This is all the way in. And uh, I mean, I, I, I haven't looked, I mean, I, I don't regret it at all. Although, although I have to tell you, it's, it's been a, it's given me a hard time to be respected as a pure, pure jazz singer because people always they always have this thing, oh, yeah, Frida Payne, Band of Gold, you know, and and they don't think of me as a jazz singer. But people, when they hear me perform and I'm doing my jazz, like Ella Fitzgerald or something like that, they're shocked. And they say, God, all I, I, knew, I know you for Band of Gold, but my God, you know, you really sing jazz a whole lot. I mean, really good, really well. And, of course, I say thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> Well, Frida, I know you you pretty much had a new album out every year, I think, in the 70s. The music industry, definitely a lot different back then. I mean, just the, the pace you kept up was uh, incredible. Well, back then, back then, we're talking, you know, like the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s even. Uh, when you had a label behind you, when you signed a contract, it, normally they wanted an a album per year. You know, like if it was three years, you got three albums. You know, if it was five years, you know, maybe three, you know, maybe four. Um, that's how they roll. So, uh, but now where you can't, a lot of artists can't even get on a label. And I'm talking about veteran artists who've done it and had hit records sure. more than me. And what you do is you start doing stuff independently on your own. So you have your, you put out your own label or you just put it out, period. And you, you, you pay for your own musicians. You pay for your own promotion. See, it used to be the record company did all of that. They paid for all of that. So now artists today, you have to kind of, everything has to be independent, you know, like solo. Well, I know eventually you made your way into acting. Was that always something you wanted to do, or how did that come about? Um, right around 1980, you kind of went all in on the acting. Well, I kind of like started with the acting, actually, back in the 60s. Uh, when you say all in, it was really back in the 60s. And I started my first movie, but it was only like a, a little, what I call a cameo. I only had, believe it or not, you're going to laugh, one line 
one line in a movie with Jerry Lewis, and it was called The Disorderly Orderly, and that was 1964. <laughs> and then after that, I was on Broadway. I was living in New York, and this was in 1967. And um, I, I went and got the job. I was hired to be Leslie Uggams' understudy in Hallelujah Baby, wow. which was a hit show. And um, once uh, I was hired, and after three weeks, they asked me to go on. They wanted me to go on. I went on, and I got a standing ovation at the end of the show when the curtain went down. Uh, I went on again five more times as the lead, as the lead actor, singer, actress in a Broadway musical. And I was on that stage from the moment the curtain came up until the moment the curtain got, you know, went down. So I did one thing that I know I, I did well. So. <laughs> and that was in 1967 into 68. And then after that, uh, let's see what else I've done. I've done other stuff. I've done in the, um, in the 70s. I did Duke Ellington's Sophisticated Ladies. That was another uh, musical uh, that came from Broadway. And I did about six different companies over a span of 20-something years of sophisticated ladies. I also did uh, the touring company of Jelly's Last Jam that was started out starring on Broadway with Gregory Hines, Savion Glover, Keith David. And I was in the first production of it that, that uh, opened here at the Mark Taper. That was in 1991 before it went to Broadway. That was with um, Oba Babatundi playing Jelly, Roe Morton, Keith David, um, very, the wonderful Keith David, uh, Savion Glover, who is probably the best professional tap dancer on the planet, and uh, and myself. So there you go. And I've done another, um, another musical. Uh, it's called The Blues in the Night. That's Sheldon Epps, who directed and conceived it. I've done several companies uh, all over, you know, here in L.A., in Seattle, Washington, uh, in Japan, uh, here in Pasadena as well, Pasadena Playhouse. So I've done a you know, I've done some other movies, uh, Cordially Invited. I did um, The Nutty Professor with Eddie Murphy, The Clumps, the, the Nutty Professor, The Clumps with Eddie Murphy. Sure. I did that. And that was like a cameo role. So that's about that's about it. I've done other things, you know. Yeah, definitely an incredible uh, career you've had. And uh, I know you just released a book uh, not too long ago, Band of Gold, a memoir. And uh, you definitely yeah. have been keeping busy. I imagine uh, the, all those stories are, are in the book as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As the years went by, I mean, you know, I had to, talking about my memoir, I had to like, have that in because those weren't minor things. Those were major things in my life that I did. Yeah. Band of Golden Memoir is written by me and Mark Bego. Okay. I've had him on the show before too, I believe. I think he did a a couple other books. uh, Oh, he's done more than a couple. He's done like about 50 something, 60 books. I I believe that's what he says. (laughs) Yeah. I think he worked with uh, Mary Wilson. I believe I had him on. Yes. He he worked a lot with Mary. They were best of friends. Mary did the forward in my book. Okay. She did the forward. And this was just two months before she passed away. Of course, nobody 
I mean, we were all in shock because that wasn't supposed to happen, but it did. And sure, we all, I knew that Mary had um, a bad heart, but I knew that also she was taking care of herself, keeping her doctor's appointments, you know, doing what she's, her due diligence. And, but then it, of course it hit everybody with, you know, like a bat out of hell, you know, when that happened. Sure. But she actually wrote that forward for my book it, like two months before she passed away. Well, again, Frida, I know the uh, the song is out. Do you still dream about me? Is there anything else maybe you're working on or, or something else we should be watching out for? Well, I got something coming out with, I did, but this is not my project. This is, you know, the actor Jeff Goldblum? Sure, sure. Jurassic Park and all this other stuff many 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 things he's got a long list in, on his uh a resume but anyway he's got an album that's coming out um march the 24th of this year and it's with his band and i'm doing a song on it lazy afternoon okay Excellent. yes i got that and what else uh oh i'll be doing the catalina barn grill here in town in la and that won't be until april the 22nd then the next day, the 23rd of April, I'll be doing a uh, performing with my um, my niece who has her own vocal studio in Studio City here. And uh, she's having putting on an extravaganza. She'll be featuring her her vocal students and uh, the my sister, Sherry, that's her mother, Sherry Payne. Uh, the Supremes, former ladies of the Supremes, will be performing, and also they're going to be honoring the Supremes. So, and I'm going to participate in that. So I guess <laughs> I'll have to be a Supreme for a di- for a day. <laughs> Excellent. That's gonna that's gonna be at the American Ju- uh, Jewish Center. Uh, it's here in it's here in Bel Air, right off the 405 American Jewish University. Wonderful. Again, Frida, thank you so much for joining me today. The The new song is great, and I've been a fan of yours for a long time. It's been great speaking with you today. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. And again, that was the one and only Frida Payne. Her new single, Do You Still Dream About Me, is out now, and also her new book, Band of Gold, a memoir, available as well. la da da la da da Listen, baby, I just have to ask you one question. I just need to know, because I still love you so.
dreaming about me Tell me deep in the night when you're holding me tight Is it how it used to be? Do you still dream about me? When I whisper your name, does it move you the same? Time has a way of ringing on the change We don't always understand why things don't stay the same Some lives grow and grow, while others grow apart I wanna know right now what side of love you're on This is Mary Wilson of The Supremes, and you're listening to The Five Counts.
Future to 
Hi, this is Dionne Warwick. You're listening to The Five Count, my favorite of all time.
Hey, we're back. Oh, yeah. It's the five count. How you doing? Pretty good. How you doing? Yeah, I'm talking to you. They're doing great. They are doing great. They're listening to you. They're doing great. It's the five count. That was our interview with Frida Payne. Awesome. She's had a lot of stuff in her career. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But I feel like this is the cherry. Obvious. On top of that. Right? Career Sunday. This is going to it's going to be a whole new ball game after this drops. I imagine when this interview gets uploaded to our YouTube page and gets 38 views. Yeah. It's going to kickstart a whole new career. Yeah, big time. You're welcome. You should pat yourself on the back. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's lovely. John, I got a message sent to the five count hotline. Really? Yeah, we have one of those. Five zero seven five one nine twenty thirty. You could just call it or text it and send something and I'll see it. Send some stuff right over. You know, we really need to bring back the cowbell hair of the dog by Nazareth nineteen seventy five. What do think, guys? Signed, T-Tony Tone. Tom? Do you know what that means? Have any clue what Tony's trying to tell you? He wants to bring back the hair of the dog? He loves Nazareth. I mean, I get it, dude. Yes. That really is a great album. Yeah, why? I mean, of course you love Nazareth. That makes complete sense. Why would you not love Nazareth is my actual question, but I'm not sure what he means by bring it back. Like it exists. It's out there. Tony tone. You can blast it as loud as you want. I mean, we've, I think we've played the whole album on this program. Haven't we more than once? Yes. I believe we've played the entire thing. Maybe that's what he's saying. He wants us to play the whole thing again. <laughs> Maybe that's what he's getting at. I think because, T. Tony Tone, you're newer to the program. Maybe you don't remember the time that we had singer and founder Dan McCafferty of Nazareth on the program. Yeah. And then he died, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. I believe both occasions we may have played Hair of the Dog in its entirety. Yes. Which is ridiculous. It is, but completely called for when you think about it. I'm thinking of doing it a third time. I mean, Nazareth rocks. Two years from now, be the 50-year anniversary. I have no idea why this is, but it's one of those. Yeah. What time? Where where are we? I'm not sure. Man, we're old. Dodge Center? I don't know. What I'm saying is, Nazareth, for some reason, I, I don't know why this is, but it's one of those bands that I think most people sort of like forget about for some reason, or you just like, oh yeah, Nazareth, okay, whatever. But then you listen to that album, and it's like, what, what is even happening? Like, Nazareth rocks this hard, and I forgot about it somehow? Mm-hmm. Like, why is that? Razamanaz. I don't what get they call it. That. It's awesome. Don't Judas us, Tony Tone. Yeah. Just don't. Just don't do it. I mean, we'll play that album. I mean, if you're trying to threaten us or something, I mean, we'll do it. Don, I know what I was going to ask you. I think this week, like uh, 40 years ago this week, the final episode of MASH took place. 
<laughs> Do you remember watching that? Yes. I thought we even discussed this kind of on the air before. I think 125 million people watched it. Oh, that's weird. So, I mean, that's I like... Mean, it's not weird. That's like KMSU numbers. It's, um... God, I just never want to see MASH again. Ever? Yeah, I don't... I mean, I don't know. Maybe I need to watch some MASH again just to see why I really feel this way. But I feel like I watched so much MASH. Like, my mom watched it, and it was just, like, on... I feel like it was just on all the time. Like, reruns, obviously. When I was growing up and it was so like, I am just tired of this. Like there's just these people and there's a war happening and you're just in a tent the entire time and like injured people are coming in and then, you know, it's just come on already. Do kids have to deal with that sort of stuff nowadays? I don't think so at all. Like they're forced to. No. Well, we only have five channels, so. You're going to have to sit down and watch this medical drama that takes place during the Korean War yeah. as a six-year-old, because what else are you going to do? Yeah. I don't think kids deal with that sort of thing nowadays. They don't at all. Zero percent. They don't have to sit with their moms and watch Knots Landing. No. Because there's not cartoons on 24-7. Yep. And, um, <laughs> I mean, it's so ridiculous now. Like, my kids don't get very much TV at all compared to what I did. But I talk about that even to my own daughter sometimes where I'm like, okay, well, you want to watch TV? Yeah, of course. You know, she's in. Yeah, dad, because she doesn't get to watch much TV at all. Like, okay, well, let's watch some Formula One. Let's watch MASH. Yeah, and it's like I try to say some ridiculous, something that I would want to watch. And she's just like, no, no. As soon as the TV gets turned on, if she's awake and in the room, it's like she's in charge. No, no, no. I'm watching this. We're watching this. And if I put something else on, it's like throwing a fit. Like, absolutely not. I'm not watching that. You know, I even try other stuff where it's like, how about we watch how it's made and like how they make crayons or (laughs) like whatever. Like, let's see Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, that's what ends up happening. It's like that same thing, except for now she's already been preconditioned and knows that all she has to do is back out of it and go to that Disney Plus app and she can watch whatever cartoon thing she wants, you know, like whatever she's interested in. And I think that that's a weird problem. Like, I don't, I don't know how to fix it other than to be forceful, but then it's like a weird thing where it feels like I'm forcing a thing and I don't know what, what, if it's really like worth it. But for some reason, I, I tend to feel like there's some value in a child having to deal with that, like having to go through the idea of, well, there are other people who do or like different things in this world and i'm gonna encounter that and so i need to like be okay with dealing with that you know and it's like well is that the platform where i need to teach it or is she already getting that elsewhere still or what you do you know what i'm saying i don't know if you ever think about that but i think you as the parent should force her to watch nazareth visit videos <laughs> that's yeah that's not a bad idea I had her watching Kiss videos for a while. She liked that. 
Could be worse. My mom made me watch Empty Nest. So there is that. Yeah. I had to watch These Are the Days of Our Lives a few times. But uh, I think I naturally just chose to like play by myself instead of watch that. But MASH, for some reason, I remember watching a lot. And maybe, I mean, my dad or my, my grandfather, my mom's father was in the Korean War. So maybe that's why. Maybe it like resonated with her, you know? Wait, was, was your grandpa Alan Alda? Yep. Holy crap. I know. I can't believe it never came out until now. But Man, you've been sitting on that this whole time? <laughs> that's incredible. No, so maybe it just resonated with her or even other members of uh, of the family. Well. I don't know. So it just ended up watching it a lot. And it's I just don't have any desire to watch it again, ever. I hope no one ever thinks that sort of thing about this show. God, I've just been hearing it a lot. <laughs> I have no desire to listen to ton uh, any longer. Wow. Cut me deep right there. Well. Son, you remember back when we were spry young lads doing this program and had some pep in our step and people cared what we had to say? I mean, kind of. How I, long? I mean, it wasn't that long ago, like 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. See what I did there? Yeah, I do. Well, Ton, for the folks out there who don't see or hear, this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five count history. March 2nd, 2013. Ton, this is probably my favorite episode. Top five, easily. Wow, top when people five. ask me, who's the who's the, your favorite person you've ever interviewed? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. We've interviewed 6,000 people. Yeah. But this one is always in the back of my mind, but I don't say it because people usually don't know who it is. I know exactly how you feel. But 10 years ago, we were interviewing Carl Edge and Kevin Graves, better known as the Fishmasters. Yes. Dude, yes. I remember this vividly. The Fishmasters was a television show that was on in the early 90s about some guys who were master fishermen. <laughs> but it's not, it's not quite that simple, but yeah. So it it was a show from <laughs> San Luis Obispo, California. Yeah. And I don't know why, but for some reason, it was carried for about a three-year period in Lesueur, Minnesota on Channel 3, which was known as TV Heaven 41. Wow. And it was on at 12.30 a.m. Sunday mornings. And we're talking, it's like a local style, like public television show. Not a, not like a big time sitcom or whatever. And not like a reality show. Not like you're going along, you're hanging out with actual fishermen. This is like, I mean, I would say a comedy, like a comedic local public television show that some guys slap together. I mean, it's weird because I want to say that um, the red green, but it's not even that much production, right? The budget is not even red green budget. Would you say? 
I think it was before Red Green. Though, it totally right? was. Totally. Look it up on YouTube. There's a bunch of clips on there. Yeah. One of my all-time favorite shows. And I don't think those two guys were like super close buddies at the time. And I'm pretty sure that we reunited the Fishmasters on this show. Yeah. It, that, that is such a great, uh, great memory. And I remember it so vividly because I just remember... Um, I wasn't even really a fan of the show and didn't really know who these dudes were. I like I saw it on because you watched it, and so. And I remember, weren't you? Um, didn't you have it on VHS or something, and you were converting it to DVD, like what you had? Yeah, because I stayed up late. Yeah, I was like thirteen, and stumbled upon it one night drinking like. 28 cans of Mountain Dew and staying up late. Yeah. So then I would try to stay up Saturday nights into early Sunday morning and record them off of TV every week. So Dusty had these VHSs of him recording them off of TV, and then he had one of those old units where it's like you put a VHS in on one side and a DVD in on the other side, and it converts it automatically to a DVD. And... Uh, we lived together at the time, so he would sit there. He was still up late at night converting Fishmasters into DVDs and letting it play on there because it has to play in real time. That's how it works when you're when you're converting a VHS. And so I remember um, just late nights or before bed or something, I'd go in. This is it's, <laughs> it's so funny because some of our stories about living together to me seem so uh, so romantic almost. <laughs> and it's just these really funny little memories. But um, at this house we lived in, it was a complete dump. But uh, the way I'll describe it, it makes it kind of sound nice. Uh, Dusty's bedroom was really more like some kind of strange side porch. But um, uh, just think about like you're in the living room, and off of the living room is these uh, like glass French doors, and you would open these two doors, and there's kind of some curtains in there. You open these two doors, and there's Dusty's bedroom with his bed there, and he's got a little um, a little desk on the end of his bed, and uh, it's not really a desk; it was his it was his dresser, but he sat there and used it as his desk. Ton. And uh, every his, time you talk about this period in our lives, yeah. it just sounds more and more like homoerotic. <laughs> every time you tell these <laughs> stories, that's what I'm saying. That's this is some kind of element there. But anyways, this whole room is just windows. It's like the whole thing is windows, which when I'm describing it sounds really nice and pleasant, you know, and, and uh, like a nice place to be. But in actuality, it was horrible because the windows were not sealed. So it would be ridiculously hot, right? In the summertime, you had your own window unit in there, though, right? And I had the fan in the windows. Yeah. One night a bat flew in there and got stuck in the fan blades. Remember that? <laughs> so, yes. And in the, in the winter, it was the opposite. Extremely freezing cold. Frosty on the inside of the yes. windows. Yeah, dude. But anyway, so, um, yeah, so I would go in there, like, you know, at night, late at night before I'm going to bed or something and say, hey, Dust, what's going on? And he'd be sitting over there on his little laptop and some fish masters would be converting away over there. <laughs> and uh and we'd have conversations and whatnot and um great times so anyways when we did this interview 
I just remember it vividly because I remember how important I knew it was to you. And I was so excited for you to have the, this experience. Cause even at that time we had done a fair amount of interviews and I know you and I, you and I have talked about this where we've done a fair amount and stuff where it was like, we didn't feel all that. We didn't, we don't really get like starstruck like that very rarely happens. I would say. And it usually happens in these weird, unexpected ways where it's like some people or a show that really means something to you personally, but no one else cares or knows even what it is. And this is exactly that moment where it was like a really big deal to Dustin. (laughs) And so I remember doing the interview and just feeling so happy and excited and (laughs) wanting to convey that to those guys. We should have him back on. I think this year is the 30th anniversary of the show. And then after that, they were so gracious, right? They've sent dusty items. um, Even the whole show fully digital converted in way better condition than, than what he had. Right. I've got like props from the show. Yeah. Awesome. What a time. That was 10 years ago though. I didn't think it'd been that long ago. Really where, where does the time go? No idea. I don't know. Let's fish. That's what I say. Yeah. That was 10 years ago, Tony. <laughs> the other funny part is like Dustin is not even a fisherman. <laughs> like he doesn't really go fishing. That was that was nice. Thank it you. It was nice. They don't really fish a lot in the show Fishmasters no. either. Though, <laughs> no, so. they don't. It makes sense. Well... We still have those sorts of moments nowadays, don't we? Ton, I got some guests coming up. Okay. In the next couple months. Really good ones? Guests where you're going to say like, whoa, how'd you get those guys? Wow. I can't wait. It's happening. I love this idea. Well, you'll have to wait. Like until next week at least. All right. Who do you think we should get on this year? Who are some of your bucket list guys? Bill Nye, the science guy? Yeah. Bill Nye. Some race car dork? Yeah. Any race car dorks? No, not any. What do you mean? Who can we get? Can uh, we get Lando Norris on the... Can we get Daniel Ricardo? Can, can we Kyle get Kyle Petty? Lewis Hamilton? Can no. we get Sebastian Vettel? Sebastian is retired. We had Sebastian Bach. Uh, I we, wish we could get one of the Spice Girls. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I like that idea. Why don't we do some kind of deal with Red Bull? Because Christian Horner, the team principal, is married to one of the Spice Girls. So we could get the Spice Girl and, you know, Max for stopping on the program. Which Sergio Perez. I would love Sergio Perez. Which Spice Girl is is this person married to? Uh, Mel C? No. Mel B? No. Ginger Spice. Oh, okay. I'll get to work on that. Yeah. Yeah, do it. Anyone else you can think of? I mean, I always want Stallone on this program. Why don't you get Frank Stallone back on? It's been about 15 years since you talked with him. I mean, we could try. Can we get somebody from Vandabar on? I don't know what that is, but... It's a band. Probably. They sound like they're not busy. Yeah. Can we get Mono Neo or Mono Neon on? 
you could contact these people and say, hey. Okay. <laughs> Vundabar. The hell is that? Vandabar. It's a band, dude. They have a song called Alien Blues. Yeah, Alien Blues. These guys look like real something or others. Vandabar. It's interesting stuff. I mean, check it out, why don't you? Nah. Hey, they're coming to San Luis Obispo on May 5th. What are the odds? What are the odds? Not good, but it's happening. Vundabar. Let's get something. I mean, I'm just saying. You could talk Can you to think somebody. of anyone that somebody would want to hear from? <laughs> no offense. Yeah, all those Formula One people, There's be there would be tons of it would blow up. Oh, please. You say that all the time. Could you imagine? If we, what if we got one of the guys from Trampled by Turtles? We'd get so big. <laughs> Ton said that once. No, seriously? Let's just take Didn't a happen. look here. Let me just take a look. We've had some humongous, huge names on this show, and you know what it's done? Nothing. Let me just see here. Who are we talking about? Mel C. Mel C. Or Mel B. Okay, so Mel C has... I went to Instagram. She has a lot. 961,000 followers. That's a lot. So if you got her on the show, out of those 960-some thousand people, you'd get roughly 184 YouTube views. But hold on a second now. If we got Lewis Hamilton on the program, he has 31.6 million followers on Instagram. 31.6 31.6 million. Now let's go. Yeah, to s- but Tom, that's a made up person. No, it's not a so made that's... up person. It's a real person out there doing real things. Let me just, let's see. Listen, while you do that, I'm going to send an email to the PR person for Mel C. Okay. We got to get a spice girl on this show. It's been too damn long. I mean, even like Fernando, Fernando Alonso. He's got 4.9 million. Let's get him on. He's He would have to be a hilarious interview. Who? Ed Alonzo? Fernando Alonzo. The, the magician from Saved by the Bell? No. Yeah, let's get him on. Uh, Ed Alonzo. That's a brilliant idea, Tom. You have no idea. Let me see. Like Carlos Sainz. Can we get Sainz on the program? That would be awesome. He's got 6.3 million. He races for Ferrari. Let's just talk to him. He would be hilarious. He would be awesome. All right, you figure that out, and we'll do it. Let's get Carlos and Lando on at the same time. I'm sending an email to Mel C right now. All right. Let's see. Yep, Lando's got six mil. Let's play a song while you do whatever you're doing over there. Okay.
couldn't play my guitar like a man Hands covered in oil and gasoline They come where I go to see where I've been Can't finish your work today My guitar like a man Baby, won't you let me in Get me back on my feet It's a dream I'm falling in
What's up, y'all? This is Bernie Worrell from P-Funk, Parliament Funkadelic, and you are listening to The Five Count. Keep in tune.
We're back, Ton. Oh yeah. Welcome back to the five count. Here it is. Here Ton is. Here I am. You, shooting you with his bop gun. <laughs> oh, I wish. Wow. The show has come to an end. It's been a good show. It has. I mean, it's been all right. I'd give it at least like a a B minus. Really? A B minus? Yeah. All right. I mean, I've heard heard worse. All right. Anyway, ton's busy, so I'll just take it from here. Definitely not busy. (laughs) Thanks to Frida Payne for being on the show with us tonight. Thanks to a ton for being on the show with us tonight. It's no problem. It was really my pleasure. I mean, what else would I do with my life? I guess you could be in bed. I could be, yeah. You could be uh, polishing the bathroom grout. No, I think bed sounds better. Oh, okay. Go to bed. That sounds nice. But before you go to bed, gentle listeners, please go to thefivecount.com and check out all we have to offer. Click around on a few things. Follow the links to our YouTube channel. The Five Count Co-op is on there. It's a little playlist, a little channel where we like to play video games, old school video games, Nintendo, SNES, Genesis, and uh, really just play them terribly and get mad at each other. I think you might enjoy it. There's also a program called the five count at the movies only available on patreon also linked from the five count.com you can check that out that's us watching ridiculous films and talking about them as we watch them you should join us on patreon because there's a lot of fun stuff happening there you get access to all the old classic episodes like the first three plus years so far Early access to all our other stuff. Bunch of bonus junk. Yes. And by junk, I mean good, good, clean, top quality fun. (laughs) Join us on Facebook, Twitter, all over the place. Interact with us at the Five Count Hotline, 507-519-2030. Send your questions to any social media platform. We will be there. We will get it. Listen to us on podcast, even on the Apple Podcasting app, any podcasting app that you've got. Just look up the five count. Wow. You're a plug-in machine. Speaking of plugging, you might want to unplug your radio because here comes the true punks. <laughs> Careful out there. Good night, Ramazar. <laughs>